Good to see everybody. My mommy and my daddy's right here. Say hi. She bore me inside for nine months, ten months. I forget. Anyway, hallelujah. So today I want to talk about acknowledging God. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on. Everybody say press on. Press on to acknowledge him. Open your Bibles to Hosea chapter 6 verse 3. Hosea chapter 6 verse 3. You there? Amen. There's some seats in the front. Come on up. Okay. It says, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on. Everybody say, press on. To acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains. Like the spring rains that waters the earth. One more. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. With what? With all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Do what? Acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. Father, we thank you that this day you are empowering us to acknowledge you in all our ways. You are going to reset our brain today. To be able to recognize the presence, the power, the wisdom of God in our lives daily, in our situations, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are here, that you see us, that you hear us, and you are glad to be with us. And we are glad to be with you. Speak, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on. Everybody say, press on. To acknowledge him. Hmm? Have you ever been in a conversation where you were ignored? Like, you walk into a group of people that are talking, and you're excited to see them. And you go, and you're about to just, you know, say hi and enter in with the conversation. But the whole time, they don't even say hi. They don't even look at you. They're just, be, they're just busy talking. And then they're talking about something that's really interesting. And so you, you open your mouth. Yeah, and the other day, and somebody else speaks up. And everybody listens to them, to him, Anthony, right? Maybe he's more popular. He's more good looking. I don't know. Anyway, they're, 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 <laughs> they're listening to him. But, like, you're shut. And you try a few times. And because you're ignored, you feel dumb. You walk away. And as you're walking away, even that, even then, nobody notices that you're walking away. How would you feel? How would you feel, Ray Ray? Huh? How would you feel? Ignored? Rejected? Alone? Dumb? 
feel dumb? Oh, I would feel dumb. You know what I learned? I learned recently that it is very important to God that we acknowledge Him. That it makes Him angry when we ignore Him, when we forget Him. And you know what? Throughout the scripture, He demands to be acknowledged. I'm not making this up. You know, Hosea, I've been studying the book of Hosea past few weeks. Hosea 2.8, God talks about Israelites. He says, she has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine. The, I'm the one who gave her the gold and the silver. And you know what she did? She used that to sacrifice and worship Baal. God is angry. Hosea 6, 6, it says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement. Everybody say acknowledgement. I desire acknowledgement from you rather than your burnt offerings. Hosea 13, 4, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me. No savior except me. So the definition to acknowledge. Ready? When you acknowledge somebody, you admit that they're real. And that they're there. You acknowledge their existence. You acknowledge their, their, their power, their validity, their authority, their right to be there. You acknowledge. You recognize and you understand and you acknowledge. You know, I looked at where the word acknowledgement came from in the Greek. And you know where it came from? Yada. To know. To know intimately. Which intimate knowledge. To know out of intimacy. When God wants you and I to acknowledge him, he doesn't just want us to, yeah, yeah, you exist. Yeah, 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 you love me. No. He wants us to acknowledge him with intimate knowledge that he loves me, that he's there, he's here with me. It doesn't matter what I feel, I acknowledge and I recognize he's here with me. You know, throughout the book of Hosea, God called Hosea. He says, Hosea, come here. You see that adulterous woman right there? I want you to marry her. I want you to marry her to show my love for the Israelites who have prostituted themselves to other gods. Now, she's going to cheat on you, but I want you to go back and get her. Bring her back. She's going to run away to another man. I want you to forgive her. Go back and get her. But throughout the book of Hosea, God is angry. God's like, why won't you acknowledge me? I'm, I'm going to judge you for not acknowledging me. God says, I'm going to be like a lion. I'm going to tear you apart because you have forgotten to acknowledge me. In Hosea 5.4, this is what he says. A spirit of prostitution is in their hearts for they do not 
acknowledge the Lord. When you don't acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, there is a spirit of prostitution. Think about that. But what was what I noticed about God was that throughout the whole book, he's like releasing judgment and wrath and he's angry. But then at the end, towards the end in 11, 8 through 9, this is what he says. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger. Nor will I turn and devastate Ephraim. For I am God and not man. The Holy One among you. I will not come in wrath. Even in judgment. God remembers mercy. See this is our God that we serve. When we deserve wrath. He still remembers mercy. And he calls his prophet to marry an adulterous woman. To show them. Just like Benjamin asked Ken to come and pray over his son as a sign. God is calling prophet Hosea to marry this woman to show the Israelites. Don't you know how much I love you? Will you please turn away from your ways and acknowledge me? You know, as I was studying. You know what I realized is that when we are going through a difficult time. And you continue to struggle in it. I'm not talking about you struggle in prayer. I'm not talking about, because we all go through some struggle, don't we? Yes. I'm not talking about you struggling, but you're, 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 you're running to God. I'm talking about when you're struggling and you are not able to acknowledge God. You're struggling. You're going through a difficult time. And you're not acknowledging that God is with you. I'm talking about when you wallow in despair and disillusionment and in unbelief. I'm talking about when you are not able to acknowledge that God is with you and that he is for you. That you are not acknowledging that God is mighty to save you. When you are not able to acknowledge God, you know what? You are completely ignoring him while you're having a conversation. Maybe with some demons, maybe with some other people that are wallowing. You're just completely ignoring God. You are choosing to acknowledge your own weakness. You are choosing to acknowledge the power of that devastation in your life. You are acknowledging the power of the enemy over your life. You are choosing to acknowledge your own weakness. But you're not choosing to acknowledge God in that situation. Think about how often you and I dishonor God's heart. When we are not able to acknowledge him. When we ignore him. Think about being married. Who's married? Raise your hand. Being married. I'm married to this man. Think about you're married and you're walking with your spouse. Right? Or guys, think about like, let's say you got married and you're walking with your wife. And somebody shoots Bang, bang, bang. And everybody gets scared. And in the moment of fear, your wife, instead of jumping into your arms, jumps into another man's arms for protection. How would you feel? How would you feel? 
Now you understand how God feels a little bit? What about you're with your child? You would give your life for that child, wouldn't you? Isn't she beautiful? My baby is beautiful. I love her. But what if your child is in distress and he or she is afraid, is freaking out, and you're there to hug him and comfort him, but your presence is not comforting him? He's just kicking and screaming until he sees a stranger and runs into that stranger's arm for the comfort. And you look into that stranger's face and you see that he's an evil man. That he's not there to protect your child. He's there to use your child. How would you feel? How would you feel? It will break my heart. Lady, I would give my life for you. I'm here for you. But then she jumps. She runs into a stranger's arms. Man, that would devastate me. You know, in 2 Kings 1, King Ahaziah falls off a ladder, okay? And he injures himself, and he gets really, really sick. And he sends his man to cons- cons- consult Baal-zebub, okay? He's a god of Akron. And so he's sending his man, go consult with this god to see if I will, you know, I will, uh, I will recover from this injury. And these men are going to consult And God sends Elijah with anger. And Elijah goes, and this is what he says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going off to consult this God of Akron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. He makes God angry when his people don't acknowledge him. And when they run or jump into a stranger's arms. But sometimes, don't we do that? Don't we do that in situations? We consult others rather than acknowledging God? Don't we do that instead of running into God's arms? We run into a stranger's arms. Hmm? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not On your own understanding. Don't we always lean on our own understanding? We think this is impossible, therefore we are hopeless. We think, I'm going to die alone, single for the rest of my life because I haven't seen it in my past and God's not going to do anything. We tend to lean on our own understanding. And God is saying, in all your ways, acknowledge me. If you acknowledge me, I will make your path straight. When he is asking us to trust in him and acknowledge him in all our ways, he is not asking you to figure things out on your own. He is not asking you to come up with an answer. He is not asking you to be right all the time. He is not asking you to work miracles. Mm, He is not asking you to do anything but to acknowledge him in that situation. You feel lost? Acknowledge him. Do you feel confused? Acknowledge him. Do you feel weak? Sick? No matter what God is saying. Do you feel overwhelmed? Acknowledge me right there. In that 
moment. You know, I just came back from rescuing a young woman's life. She was our interpreter for past seven years. I've known her since she graduated from high school. And her parents were forcing her to marry an abusive man. And past year or so, she got beaten, she got raped, she got abused. And when she tried to tell her mother, please, let me, let, let me, let me break this engagement. I don't want to marry him. He's mean. He mocks me. He abuses me. His, her mother didn't believe her in the beginning. And you know what she tried to? She tried to kill herself. The mother. And so this girl had to say, never mind, never mind. Please, please, please. I'll just marry him. But as time went by, this man became more abusive. And when we went, I didn't have a plan. I bought my plane ticket the day I received her last cry. And as I was going, I didn't have a plan. But somehow I knew when I acknowledged God, God was going, God was going to make my path straight. When we got there, we went, we we walked through some obstacles and where I felt like I'm so confused. I don't know what to do, God. And in those moments, we just together acknowledge God. God, I don't know what I'm supposed to, but you know. I don't know how to remove this obstacle, but you know. And did you know every single time God showed us, God told us exactly what to do. Acknowledge me, the Lord says. But what keeps us from acknowledging God? Have you thought about that? Like, we know better. You know better. I know better. We know better. But what keeps us from acknowledging God in all of our ways? What happens in our brain? Hmm? What keeps us from acknowledging God's power in our situation? You want to know? Yeah? Okay. In every one of your brain, there is this little place called relational brain circuit. Okay? Through, it's on your right hemisphere. Through this circuit, this is where you feel connected to people and you feel connected to God. But when you experience trauma or pain, it turns off the relational circuit. It's like when you experience pain and trauma, it's like somebody turns off the light and it's dark. And you can't see. You can't hear. And you feel disconnected from your loved ones. You feel disconnected from God. You scream, but you cannot hear. Immediately, you feel disconnected. And a lot of times when a relational circuit is off, you know what our tendency is? To isolate ourselves out of shame, out of guilt. When you isolate yourself, it's because in your brain, in your right hemisphere, your relational circuit just got churned off because of pain or trauma. A lot of us, we try to seek God, hear God in this place when the relational circuit is off. But it's like talking on the phone where there's no bar. You know, when you have five bar, you could just whisper and they could hear you. But if there's no bar, you could scream, hello, can you hear me? You could scream all you want, but they can't hear you. 
and you can't hear them. When your relational circuit is up, it's like having a zero bar in your relationship. And what the researchers are saying is that when that relational circuit gets off, you gotta, you gotta turn it back on. You, you have to find that five bar moment because when it is off, it is like you're trying to pursue, you're trying to move forward and you are injured. I used to do inner healings like that. Help people to discover their pain and from there, let's look for God. And it worked. It really worked. It just took many, 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 many hours of many, many, many weeks of inner healing. But what I learned, as I learned about brain, we could do it more effective way. I'm going to tell you about that. Okay? Now, how do you turn on your relational circuit? You want to learn? Yes. Okay. In our memory, there are three seats. You have memories, right? You have good memories, bad memories, I don't know, boring memories. You have memories, right? Yes. And there are three vehicles of your memory. Interactive seats. Everybody say interactive seats. Interactive. Appreciation seats. Everybody say appreciation seats. Appreciation. Lastly, the thorn seats. Everybody say thorn seats. Thorn. Interactive seat is our intimate interaction we had with God. And when you... Recover your memory of this interactive moment with God, you are able to turn on the relational circuit on. They said researchers have shown that when it's off, you cannot do it alone. Because when God created us, He made us a relational being. And in our right hemisphere, you could try to watch all the funny videos you want and eat all your favorite food but even then you cannot turn on your relational circuit in your brain you need somebody else to stimulate that right hemisphere that's why a few a couple of years ago i taught you that left eye to left eye your right hemisphere is stimulated by your left eye and you could stimulate that person's right hemisphere by looking into their left eye smile look away smile when Alethea was first born, she was colicky, and she cried so much. It tortured us. We rarely had any sleep. And I had to find some ways to build her joy center. You see, because in our right hemisphere, there's this thing called control center. Inside of it is a joy center. Here, this is where you regulate your emotions. Fear. Despair, hopelessness, all you regulate these feelings, right? Negative feelings. If your joy center is strong and wide, you go through something distressful, you are quickly able to regulate and go back to your joy center, and joy becomes your normal state. But when your control center is weak and it's not trained, you go through something distressful, and you just wallow in there and you want to get out, but you can't. And the According to the brain scientists and psychologists, they say every part of your brain stops developing and growing at certain age except your joy center. That your joy center continues to develop and grow until you die. But the researchers say also that that joy center cannot be developed by yourself. You need another person. You need 
an intimate relationship. You need a community of those that love you to walk it out with you. Amen. They also say, water baby. They also say that when you go through a distressful emotion and you go through it alone, you are left alone to go through it, that's when you are traumatized. You could go through a hardship, but if there's somebody else being one with you, listening to your distress and, and, and being there with you, you could uh, regulate it and go back to Joy Center. But when you are left alone, when you got abused, you were left alone. When you were neglected, you were left alone. When you were left alone to regulate those negative emotions by yourself, that is when you are traumatized and that pain and trauma turns off. Your relational brain circuit. Okay? Now, so you need interactive seats with God and with one another. Okay? Let me give you an example of my interactive seat with God. When I was at Patton College, I went through some trauma. I followed this leader that came from Russia. Woman leader. I'm like, I want to be a woman, you know, leader. So I followed her. And after about a year, you know what she said? The Lord says that you are going to marry my brother. What? And her mother says, God gave me a prophetic vision and God spoke to me that you are my daughter-in-law. What? And the guy said, God gave me a prophetic dream and we are to get married on June 1st, 1995. What? You know what I did? As soon as they were done, prophesying, I turned around and I ran. But But once I ran, I was all alone because all my intimate friends were in that group. And now they were treating me as a black sheep that I was lost. And not only that, these three people would come to my work every day, sit outside and wait for me and torture me. You can't hear from God. That's why pastor is here. What? How is that even biblical? And I was so tortured. Every night I felt alone and I was crying. And one night I was on my bed, on my knees crying. God, I don't understand. I don't understand. I trusted this leader. How can my best friend, my own best friend, since I was like, what, 13 years old, left me for that person? I mean, I felt, what's going on, right? And as I'm praying and weeping, I felt warm, warm embrace. Not a vision, not a dream. In reality, it is as if somebody came behind me and just held me. I felt the embrace. And I heard the voice of God. And he said, my sheep, hear my voice. Sonny, you are my sheep. You hear my voice. Once I heard that, this joy, this joy deep within just came out of me. And, you know, a lot of times when I feel forsaken, when I feel alone, I go back to that interactive seat. Remember, God, when you came and you hugged me and you spoke to me? That's an interactive seat. Now, appreciation seat is you can't remember. In your memory, you can't remember God being interactive. You can't remember God speaking to you or holding you. But you can look back and be thankful that God blessed you, that God was involved. 
I remember when I first married Benjamin, I dealt with this issue of insignificance. I felt like God favored a lot of other men of God, but he didn't favor me. That I should be thankful that he saved me from hell. That I shouldn't try to do anything great for God because I will mess up and I will dishonor his glory. And I believed this lie. Like I felt like he didn't really favor me. And I struggled with that day after day until I looked back and I recognized, wait a minute. God favors Benjamin and loves Benjamin. I see that. Like, there are if he needs anything at that time, it never happened to me. But if he didn't have money somehow, you know, his bank account, you know, somebody deposit. No, she doesn't know. He still doesn't know who. Right? I've never experienced. He always experienced something like that. It's definite. It's clear that there's a favor of God upon this man. But then God gave this man who's favored, highly favored by God. As my husband. And he's gentle. He's loving. He's patient with me. And I look back. God, thank you. You must love me. You must have favor over my life. I remember thinking that. That's my appreciation seat. You know, these days, my strongest appreciation seat is Aletheia. I could go through some harshness, but if I could just think about Aletheia. When the doctor said, your sack is empty, you have lost your baby. And we prophesied life. And two weeks later, or ten days later, we saw that heartbeat. And she's three and a half years old. And guess what? She's so beautiful. She's so cute. The words that she used. The the songs that she sings. It's just, I can't, I I don't know how to be not thankful when I think about her. Aletia is my appreciation seat. Mm-hmm. Now, I hear her right now. Now, in your memory, there's also a thorn seat. This is when you are marked by the enemy. This is when you were hurt. This is when you were abused. This is when you were abandoned. When you are sitting in this seat, you are experiencing distress. And in this seat, the relational circuit is off. Okay, so in order for us to turn back that relational circuit on, to return back to the joy center and to encourage the uh, uh, enlarge the joy center, we need interactive seats with God and with one another. You got that? Mm -hmm. Now, all of us, we have limited capacity in our control center. Okay. When you have, according to your limit, if the distressful emotions are larger than your limit, guess what? That's when you flood. That's when you say things to your husbands or wives or your children, the things that you're going to regret later, right? That's when you flood. But you are able to enlarge, train that capacity. Amen? But only... In and through significant, intimate relationships. You got this? Okay. Can I be vulnerable with you today? Let me just say this in advance. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I'm okay. Okay? You got that? You know? I'm a child of God. You know? I'm blessed. But I'm going to be vulnerable 
with you because I believe it is going to set a lot of you free. You know, recently I realized that I had been living with a constant pressure headache. I wake up with pressure headache. I have it all throughout the day. I go to sleep with the constant headache. I wake up the next day for over almost two years. I haven't had one day within those two years, one day where I did not have that constant headache. And so I was talking to Benjamin, maybe like something's wrong. Maybe I need to go see a doctor. Maybe. And so I was talking to Albertine one day before we sent her off to Thailand. I said, Albertine, I've been living with this constant tension headache. Do you think it's like blood pressure or diabetes? Because, I mean, I didn't have any of these diseases, but it, we have it in our family line, you know. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm, going, I'm in my 40s. Maybe I'm getting it too. So it, could it be that? And this is what she said. She said, oh, Pastor Sonny, no, 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 no. It's stress. I said, what? I don't feel stressed. Because my mind is strong. I don't feel stressed. I don't feel, you know, discouraged or depressed. What are you talking about? She said, no. You've been living with that stress and tension for so long, it became your normal state. And she said, you need to reset that normal state. I was like, oh, okay. And so not knowing, right, I... Next two weeks, I tried to reset my brain by myself. I would, like, counsel people, talk to people. And every free time I got, I would sit down and I would relax my muscle in my head, my neck, and my shoulder. And when I did that, I I felt the tension releasing. I said, oh, this is good. Because before then, I didn't even know. It felt like I was doing this. But I wasn't conscious that I was doing that. So when I actively, intentionally released, I felt the release. But then when I got up to go on with my day, guess what? Tension came back. And the more I did it, after two weeks, you know what I realized? That my limit, my, my limit in my control center was decreasing. The things that didn't bother me before bothered me. The things that didn't overwhelm me before, overwhelmed me. The things that never hurt me before, hurt me. Until one day, I flooded with him. (laughs) I screamed, I kicked, I just became a crazy person throwing a temper tantrum. Out inside, I'm thinking, what am I doing? What's going on? This isn't me. And I look into Benjamin's eye. He's like, like a deer, you know, (laughs) all scared. What's going on? And he had to, we had to, he had to drive me back home. And he's like, okay, I'm going to stay with you. I'm like, no, go back to work. I'm still that responsible person, right? If I can't go, at least you should go, right? He's like, no, 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 I want to stay. No, go. It's going to help me if you go and take care of our responsibilities. And he's like, he didn't want to go, but he had to go, right? And throughout that day, I was acknowledging God in this. God, I don't understand. I'm resetting my brain. Shouldn't I be more relaxed? Why is my limit decreasing? I don't understand and God this is what God says Sonny for too many years 
you lived your life in a crisis mode. You know, when there's a crisis, you have more strength. You have more capacity. You could hold many, many things that you couldn't normally hold in your life. Plant a church. Yeah. Go on 7 to 11 mission trips. Yeah. Raise every penny. Yeah. <laughs> Take over another church. Yeah. Be a mother. Yeah. Have your husband start a online Bible college where he has to record twice a week. Yeah. Plan a church in San Francisco. Yeah. This person coming to me, I'm hurt that you did this. Shift. <laughs> this person, I'm mad at her. I'm mad at him. I'm hurt about this. I'm hurt about that. No, son. Oh, let, me, let me pray over you. Oh, I'm demonized. Get out in Jesus. I'm able to do all these things. And I don't feel stressed. I feel fine. But God says, Sonny, for too long, you've been living on a crisis mode. That's why you were able to do all that. And for a season, I allowed you to. But in this season, I want to reset your brain back to the normal state of rest and joy. And when I, I didn't know what to do when he told me that. So I called my therapist friend back at Patton. Okay, this is what I've been experiencing, and this is what God said. Is that, is that, does that sound right? She studies brain. She said, yes, but that's only step one, Sonny. You need interactive moment with God. This is everything that I told you about relational circuit, interact, this is all she was telling me on the phone. And she was saying, you cannot just release tension by yourself. That doesn't reset. You release it by being interactive with God. You you increase your interactive memories with God and you increase more interactive seats with God. And so I changed my devotions from that day. I write everything's in my heart. And then I stop and I listen. And I hear what God is saying. And I write down as if God is speaking to me. Sonny, whatever he's saying. And then I read my scripture. I choose my verse and I respond to God. And I stop and I listen. And not only do I listen, I write down. As if he's writing me a letter. Sonny, this is what I'm saying. And I write it down. I, I make, I, I am intentional about increasing my interactive seat with God daily. Amen. This is what Jim Wilder, he's the one who wrote and researched about everything that I'm talking about. This is what he said. He says, we receive healing when we are also acknowledged. And he's teaching people to hear God saying to us, I see you, I hear you, and I am glad to be with you. When we hear God saying, I see you when you're struggling, I heard you when you cried out, I heard you cuss, I heard you judge that person, I saw you rolling your eyes. But I still love you. You're still my child. 
I'm glad you're my daughter. I'm glad you're my son. When we are able to hear this and be acknowledged by God, that's when we receive healing. That's when a relational circuit goes, beam, turns on. Emmanuel, God with us. We serve our God who sees you, who hears you, and who is glad to be with you. Exodus 3, 7 through 8. Let me prove it by the scripture. The Lord said, I have indeed seen, I see you, the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard, I hear you, them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering, so I have come down. I am glad to be with you, to rescue them. Genesis 29, verses 31 through 35. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Reuben means to see. She conceives again, and she names him Simon, because the Lord. she said the Lord has Heard me. And it means to see. And she has another son, Levi. And she says, I'm going to call him Levi because now that I have bore three sons to my husband, he'll be attached to me. He'll be glad to be with me. And then she, she has fourth son and she names him Judah. And she says, this time I will praise the Lord. Amen. See, God does not leave us in our misery, in our distress. He sees us. He hears us. And he's glad to be with us. And in those interactive moments, you receive healing. You are able to turn on that relational circuit in your brain. I want to share with you that moment that I had with God. According to my friend, those interactive moments with God, when you hear him, to... Share it with at least three people. So I shared it with Aaron in Korea. I shared it with first service. You're my third. You ready? I may be emotional, but that's okay. I'm fine. All right? Let you know in advance. This is what the Lord said. Sonny, I saw you overwhelmed. When so many people bombarded you with their disappointments disillusionments, and judgments. I saw you feeling ineffective as those words filled your head. I saw you feeling angry and hurt that they quickly lost appreciation towards you, that they lost their trust in you. I saw you feeling alone and appreciated, and I heard you cry out. I heard you scream in your heart, I cannot Handle another negative words, God. I heard your first time in your life wanting to walk away. Crying out, God, send everyone away. Send me away. I saw you try your best to shift out of these thoughts. I saw you try to declare that these are prophetic. And I saw you trying to intercede for your members. But I also saw you when you flooded and lashed out on Benjamin. I saw you pour out all your frustrations and anger upon your husband. 
You see, you needed someone to blame. You needed someone to take the responsibility for your pain. You felt so traumatized when people were so quick to walk away from you. You felt betrayed when the one you most trusted lashed at you. You felt more traumatized when this actually bothered you when before it never bothered you. You felt weak. You felt out of control. But Sonny, you are not weak. Be not afraid. For it is I. I sent you into the storm because I am doing a new work in you. You see, this is good, not bad. You see, all your life, you had to live on crisis mode. I'm so proud of you for not giving up and moving forward when all the walls close on you. I am so proud of you each time you chose to forgive those that betrayed you. I am so proud of you, Sonny, for each time you chose to walk by faith. I am so proud of you for each time you shifted out of unhealthy thoughts about you or others. I am so proud of you, Sunny, that you kept yourself on that crisis mode to be the best wife you knew how to be. To be the best mother you knew how to be. To be the best pastor you knew how to be. To be the best friend you knew how to be. You only knew how to be the best when you were on that crisis mode. And I am so proud. I am so proud of you. But, Sonny, it is time to reset. You see, I am, a, I am doing a new thing. You will be the best in all these areas even when you are not on a crisis mode. I know it seems impossible in the natural, but in me, all things are possible. See, I allowed you to flood emotionally in this season. I allowed all the things that happened past few months to overwhelm you so that I can reset you because I love you. You don't have to be the strong one all the time for everybody. I will be that for them. It is time for you to rest in my arms. Let me be the stronghold. You can stop now. It is okay to be the not strong one all the time. It's okay. I am resetting your normal state. There is no crisis. You can enjoy the peace that fills your land. You can enjoy this life I have given you. You don't have to fight anymore. You don't have to strive anymore. You may cry out saying, God, I don't know how to be apart from my old ways. But you will find your true self in this new season of peace. For I love you. I am so proud of you. You have suffered long enough for my people. Rest, my child. My love will protect you. My love will protect them. Enjoy, my child. Be not afraid. For it is I. You see, as I was going through this... What I heard God saying is, there is no crisis. But I said, but God, look what's happening here. And in her life and in his life, God, look, they're, they're losing God. And God is saying, there is no crisis, my daughter. And I've, I've learned to reset 
when people are bombarding me, I learn to reset and hear God. There is no crisis. And in the midst of resetting, I get an email from Isa. I tried to kill myself. Please, please, you just tell me I'll do whatever. Crisis! I'm ready to reset back to crisis. Because you know why? I'm the strongest when I'm on crisis mode. I'm the best. I know exactly what to do when I am on crisis mode. I'm ready to turn back. And God says, there is no crisis. I go to Indonesia and we get stuck in another island for two days. Two days. I'm ready to swim across the ocean to go get her. And God says, rest. There is no crisis. You know what I did, Kent? When God said there's no crisis, I got myself into a hotel. (laughs) If you were in my old missions team, you know how big that is. Because I will save every money and live on the floor. Because I will use every penny I can on orphans or, or unreached people group. I will not waste it on a hotel room. But you know what? God said there's no crisis. I, 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 I got into one of the best hotels there. I rested. Well, you know what was amazing? The second day as we were interceding for Isa, Rachel, my new spiritual daughter in the Lord, gets baptized by the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. There is no crisis. I go to Nias, and I'm bombarded with obstacles after obstacles. I don't know what to do, God. I want to reset, but God says there is no crisis. Rest. And then I get another email from a spiritual daughter in another country in a crisis. And I'm up. Interceding, screaming, stumping at the devil, declaring. God says, there is no crisis, sonny. I rescued this girl. We go minister to our orphans. Deaf hears. Demon eyes gets delivered. Rachel preaches her fourth sermon and somebody gets healed while she's preaching. Thirteen youths give their lives to Jesus for the first time in their lives. God's just moving mightily. Do you see? There's no crisis. I come to Korea expecting a miracle. And I didn't see it. And God says, no crisis, sonny. I said, okay. And then I get a message. That my, my nephew dies. Nobody knew. We didn't even know he was sick. He kept it to himself because he didn't want to worry his family. He falls into coma. The next day, he dies. I don't understand it. I go overseas to rescue someone's life and my own family dies? God, I don't get that. I don't understand that. You've used me to heal cancer. You've used me to allow the deaf to hear. But you... But my own family dies, God. I don't get that. I don't get that, God. And God says, there is no crisis. 
And I say, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. I acknowledge you in this, God. There is no crisis. Therefore, I will rest. I will rest. There is no crisis. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. You see, because when you acknowledge him, as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that waters the earth. Can we acknowledge him? In reality, it's harder not to acknowledge him. (laughs) When you keep that relational circuit off, it's harder for you. When you are not able to regulate those distressful emotions, it's harder for you. When you cannot feel God's presence because that relational circuit is off, it's harder for you. But when we acknowledge Him and when we interact with Him, God turns, that, turns on that, inter- that, that, that relational circuit on. And you be come aware of his presence let us acknowledge him can we press on when you press on for a short season it is more difficult because i realize my cup on on a normal state couldn't hold on to everything that i was holding that i was doing on a crisis mode so when you are resetting for a short season it's difficult. But when God works, he resets you and in, enlarges you, your, 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 your capacity. And therefore, you could go through any crisis in a non-crisis mode. Any storm could come your way, but you will walk in peace. You will walk in joy. God is saying, Will you acknowledge me? Today, I believe. God didn't allow me to go through this just to reset me. He allowed me to go through this as a prophetic sign for each one of you. I could tell you, for the first time in two years, you've seen me preach here many times past two years. For the first time in two years, I am able to declare the word of God without any tension. I have no tension. Do you know what that's like? Do you understand what that is like? When you had to live with it for two years, now I could scream, I could do anything, and I have no tension. I remember when I was in Tuluk Dalam and I was ministering to, I was sharing our devotions with Rachel and Isa and one of our interpreters. And you know what God told me? It's done. I have already reset Amen. your brain. Yes, and you know what? In past, during that time, there are moments where I did feel tension. But I had to believe God's word. Over what I felt. Amen. 
when I continue to believe and acknowledge God in this, now I have no tension. God wants to turn on your relational circuit in your brain. God wants to enlarge your joy center. Enlarge your capacity to regulate emotions. God wants you to empower wants to empower you to be able to acknowledge him in all your ways. I want you to stand up in his presence. And I want you to acknowledge him today. I want you to acknowledge him in your fear. I want you to acknowledge him in your distress. You see, some of us, your normal state is fear. Some of us, your normal state is distress. Your normal state is hopelessness. Maybe some of you, you are like me. Your normal state has been tension. But God says, no more. You don't have to walk in that mode anymore. I am here to reset your brain. I am here. I am here to enlarge your joy center. Will you lift your hands or lift your hearts? However you could lift up your soul to God as I pray for you. Spirit of God. Your love. We acknowledge your love among us. We acknowledge your presence among us. God, even in our situations that we may not understand. Father, we acknowledge you today. Good and bad situations. Father, we acknowledge you today. And we open ourselves to you. And we say, God, go ahead. Reset us. We're ready to be uncomfortable for a little while. It's okay. Will you reset our brain? Will you, God, enlarge our joy center? Will you, God, turn back on my relational brain circuit? Are you ready? Can you believe? Some of you, you were ready to give up. You were ready to say, I can't do it, God. I can't do it anymore. But the Lord is saying, acknowledge me in that. Acknowledge me today. Acknowledge me in your situations. Acknowledge me in your weakness. Acknowledge me in your relationships. Acknowledge me. As you acknowledge me, I will reset. I will reset. And I will make your path straight, the Lord says. I want to open up this altar. And I want you, if you're ready, God, I don't want to live with this wrong mode anymore. I don't want to live in a crisis mode anymore. I don't want to live in this mode anymore. Reset me back to joy and rest. Reset me back. Reset me back, God. 
turn on my relational circuit so that I may sense your presence once again. That, 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 that I may hear your voice once again. If that's you, I want you to take that step of faith and I want you to come forward. I want you to come forward and I want you to believe as you come forward that he is resetting you. He is resetting you today, not tomorrow. Tomorrow, not, not next year, not next week. God is starting that resetting today. Today, I want you to come before God. God, I don't want to fear. I don't want to fear anything else. I want to look to you, God. I fix my eyes on you, God. I want you to hear the voice of God. I want you to hear him speak to you. My daughter, my son, I see you. I see you. I want you to hear him. I see you in your distress. I want you to hear him. I want you to hear him saying, I hear you. I heard you when you cried out. I heard you when you said no more. I heard you, my daughter. But I am glad to be with you. You see, I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I am still with you. And I will always be with you. I want you to hear the voice of God speaking to you. I see you. I hear you. And I'm glad to be with you.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. It makes me want to shout. Father, we thank you that you continue to see us. You hear us. When we are good, when we are bad, you see us, you hear us when we are strong and when we are weak. And your love towards us is the same. You are still glad to be our Father. You are still glad to be with us, God. Father, today we rest. We rest with Emmanuel, God with us. We rest rest with you, Lord. I want to release the rest of you. If you need to go, go. But I just sense God wants to just, just, just come upon his sons and daughters today. That God wants to jump start that resetting today. So I don't want you to rush out of here when you're not ready. And I want you to invite yourself, bring yourself to our 21 days of prayer. Because you know what I believe? For our 21 days of prayer, God is going to use that to reset everyone. Everyone who comes and who believes. Amen. So God bless you. God loves you. He sees you, he hears you, and he is glad to be with you. Amen.